Hey everyone, it's Vanessa here. Welcome to Working It, a Careers podcast. Today I am joined by Oren. Oren, how have you been keeping? I've been keeping brilliantly. How about you? I'm grand. I'm really, really bored at the moment and you've still been working, haven't you? I have been, yep. Working hard. Straight through, as always. I'm so jealous because I'm I'm so bored and nice. I wish I was working. <laughs> well, it goes both ways. <laughs> You're probably working something. I wish I was having a half day or something as well. <laughs> or would you be able to talk me through your journey from leaving school to now your position and what led you into career in finance? Of course. And do you want me to just rattle on and go for it? You go for it. <laughs> no problem. So I suppose I can start at whenever we were key stage three, key stage four. Whenever we started to get asked the questions of what really we wanted to do as we got older. Although we got asked some of these questions and I remember and I had talked about her same situation on her um, takeover on your page. Although people ask you what do you want to do at school, especially careers advisors, they do push towards the STEM subjects, especially in grammar schools. So it was always really a matter of do you want to be an accountant or do you want to be an architect and or a doctor or things like that? So I sort of went through that phase of really being stuck of what I wanted to do. I sort of played about in the very beginning about maybe getting into architecture or something like that um, because I was really in the art at the time when I was younger. And then whenever I got the 15, 16 GCSE year, I sort of had a, a an interest or some sort of motivation anyway to do with money and finance. And it was just something that really interested me. And I started to do a few bits here and there online. Um, they do we trading and financial markets and things like that, just sort of dabbling. And so I decided that that was the sort of route that I was thinking about going down. So whenever I got to pick my A-levels, I decided to pick maths, chemistry, biology and English literature because I thought that was the best way for me to go uh, in terms of getting into university and getting good A-levels. Whenever I then got my GCSEs, I'd done pretty well, 10 A's, whatever. So I was like, this is going to be a breeze whenever I go on the sixth year. So the transition happened on the sixth year and everything changes, obviously, as you probably know yourself. The work gets harder and they give you less supervision. So as time went on, I sort of started thinking, my God, that I choose the right subjects. And I was thinking, well, I'm sort of trying to get myself on the finance, finance background. So maths and chemistry and, and biology, I was thinking, well, I can sort of do anything I want. But as time went on, I was like, I sort of have to work a lot harder to get these grades as opposed to friends who might have been doing business studies or something that was about more coursework based. And I know this is a lot of context here, but I'm just trying to give a give an insight into the what way it was at A levels. Long story short, after many Thursday nights in Earth, um, bad grades, unfortunately, but things happen. What can you do? So the the next year after that was really I dropped chemistry then because I was absolutely desperate at it, and I thought right, well I can focus on these three. And then at the start of Upper Sixth, I came around to then applying for UCAS. So I was thinking, right, okay, what's my options here? Based on my predicted grades and my ASs, the, the higher up sort of courses that I really wanted to do, like finance at Queen's or banking and things like that, the, the things that I was really considering at the time, I just, there was no hope for me to get there because you need three A's or two A star A or whatever A, B. And because I have been coming from three C's and a D at AS level, um, which I'm not ashamed of really, um, then I sort of had to be realistic in what I was thinking about doing. So I, I sort of decided then come January that probably, or come around the deadline that accountancy or something like 
business management or real estate would be a good place to start. The reason being is because anything that I've ever watched or come across or anybody that I've ever spoke to, it seems that the accountants or those sorts of people always end up being the people who go up the ladder pretty quickly because accountancy in itself is just a really good skill they have, um, especially to do with reading how companies work and things like that. So I sort of decided at that point that maybe accountancy or business management or something along those lines was what way I was going to go. And when it came to it, I applied for Queen's anyway to see what would happen because I was working hard to get my grades. And when it came to it, I had three options because I didn't get into Queen's. And that was one was um, Liverpool Hope University for accountancy and business management. The second one was the University of Essex for international business. And the third one was, I think it was international real estate or something like that at Northumbria. And so that was the opportunity I was presented with at the time. And my older brother, who still lives in Liverpool, was there. And I thought maybe Liverpool was the best option for me because it was accessible to get home. Um, the accountancy degree was one that I thought would, would bid me well in the future um, as long as I stuck at it. And so that's that's what I decided to go for. As as I went through university then, I sort of come across people who were in financial services, were thinking about doing banking as well as, as, well as myself. And I was sort of caught between what way I was really going after uni. And a major point here is whenever I left Derry to go to Liverpool, I thought, right, I'm a... I'm going to be a wolf here in the big bad world. I'm going to go abroad. I'm going to live in London, be a banker or whatever. I just had big aspirations at the time for that sort of job. And whenever I got there and after a couple of years, it sort of slowly came to me that I didn't really want to be in that corporate world. I didn't want to be in the building and the cubicles and, and being one of 5,000 people in the same place every day and being really rigid and stuck to a job where you have to really work 50 or 60 hours a week to go anywhere. Yeah, I feel like in a, in a place like that, I feel like everyone's going to be trying to move up and I feel like it would be so hard to even get recognised when everyone's doing the same. Of course. And one of the major things in, in that was because I was trying to be realistic in my grades and what I was doing, I was thinking, how am I going to be able to compete with people who have got banking and finance degrees or economics degrees and I'm just not going to be able to beat them to the punch, which is fair enough. It's not the way I wanted it to be, but that's that's the way it was. And I'm glad that it happened that way because it led me to where I am now. Along along university anyway, I sort of come to the realisation that I wanted to come home for a couple of reasons. My other half was at home the whole time I was at university. So I had that was one thing where I decided that I had been away for long enough and I really wanted to try and make it work back here in Derry. And although I was getting a degree, I never really understood the job market here, um, which was an interesting thing to come across whenever I come back. And so whenever I came back, anyways, I had a look around a few jobs and I had decided that I was going to try and become a trainee accountant. And I actually had an interview here locally at one point. I just remember going for the interview because I didn't really have any other options at the time and I didn't really want to do it. Um, I wasn't really that interested in accounting. It's just because I had an accountancy degree that I decided that was the opportunity for me they knew straight away they knew they knew that i had the skills to be it but they they knew that the intent or the passion i just had no hunger for it it just wasn't for me no it wasn't for me but again it's just it was just another turning point um so so after that i decided no i'm I'm going to go back to university again and i ended up going back to queens because i had done well and i made a degree to get um, a master's degree in investment management and risk management which is something a lot more along the lines that I wanted to do in the first place. But it actually took me getting my degree 
to get me to where I wanted to go. And in reality, if I had done a banking or economics degree at Queen's anyway, I probably would have ended up doing that course because it was something that I was really interested in. So in a way, I got to where I wanted to be in that sense, but it just was a bit of a backdoor entry as opposed to going straight up straight up the road. Yeah, I think it's really important, as you said, like people may not get the A-level grades that they want or people might not get into a, like a specific course, but I think it's important for people to remember that there are other ways of getting there. Just just because it's not one route, there are, like as you said, back doors. Of course, and and that's one of the, the major things because I knew whenever I was doing going through this process, it was all about the skills and, and being employable. And I was going. I was in the in the mindset where I'm going to get there no matter what. It doesn't doesn't matter if I go to a fancy university or a local college because the skills are still transferable. So at that point, whenever I finished my master's degree, anyway, actually we got off. A few of us in the in the class at the time got offered jobs in a company called Viridian, basically a company who trades contracts for the energy grid in the UK and the Republic of Ireland. Basically, the job was buying energy from energy companies and selling it on to consumers and putting the markup on it. That's basically what it was, which was a was a job that I was interested in. But because of the time I had done four years away from home, at that point, I, I had decided that, no, I, I wanted to go back home and make it work in Derry. So I decided not to do that. And then I went back to working in Timber Key, which I worked there for a long time, four or five years through a union school. Just, just to see how things went. And of course, as you know, the job situation here is tough. There's very few jobs come up, especially in professional services or professional sectors. So whenever it comes to those points, you have to really be able to differentiate. And because I had spent so much time learning behind my courses and things like trading and economics and the markets themselves and, and the economy, that sort of gave me a chance to step. They, they, they make myself a bit different in a way that I sort of knew what I was talking about at some in some way or form, not massively, and obviously I, I don't know everything, but I knew I knew enough for people to see that I was interested in it at the time, and so worked along in the bars for a while, and the jobs were just nowhere, few and far between. There was just nothing, and we had no experience. I had two degrees, no experience, so it was tough trying to find a job, and. Because I had shied away from the bike companies on purpose, that I was, I kept telling myself that the opportunity will come. I just have to be ready for it, and I have to keep trying and keep applying. I applied for loads of jobs, spoke to every recruiter that I could find, and just said, "Keep your ear to the ground. When these jobs come up, I want to know because I, I want them." And so that didn't happen for a while. And a friend of mine ended up contacting me, who was a recruiter for a contract in McGee, in the School of Psychology. So I, I took that job anyway, and it was just a full-time job, and I was a secretary in one of the schools in McGee, which was good, good good fun. Uh, I did enjoy it, and it sort of taught me some administration skills as well. Um, so I have no I have no qualms about that. And the funny, the funny thing is that I have been dealing with one of the recruitment agents from MPA Recruitment for some time, and she knew the type of job that I was after and the sort of person that I was. And just so happens that my contract was finishing on the Friday. It was the 31st of, I think, November. 31st of November, I think it was it was ending. And I emailed the recruiter on the Wednesday, which was just a real shot in the dark. I was just like, Has, have you heard of anything? Is there anything that's come up that, that you think I might be interested in? And it just so happened that she said, yes, I think there's something that's come up. 
Um, I'm glad you've contacted me, but I would like you to meet this gentleman on, on Monday. So um, I decided to go and, and meet this gentleman, which is now obviously my boss, for a, an interview of, of sorts. And he sort of, after the first 15, 20 minutes, he decided that he had a, a good gut feeling for what I was about. And because of my background, the time that I had spent learning behind the scenes really stood well by me because it, it made me a bit different to, to the average 21-year-old we, or 22-year-old with a couple of degrees. Thank God that led me to where I was at. Um, at the time, I entered the firm that I'm at now, KMC Wealth Management, as an administrator. And so that's where I am now. So started as an administrator. At that time, I had an accountancy degree. So essentially, I was a part qualified accountant at that point because we have exemptions from the board. And I had my master's degree in investment management. Of course, the company that I work for now is a wealth manager, a wealth management company. And and it's a, an appointed representative of St. James's Place. And St. Place is a Fortune 100 company in the UK. So it's a massive company. And we're a, a separate firm that is representative of them. Or like a franchise, you, you could call it a franchise. So I started as an administrator. And then obviously as time went on, I started to learn a bit about the job. And in reality, the, the administration work was fine. And I knew that it was providing value to a company that was so small. But I sort of decided that maybe there was more that I could do and had conversations with the boss and the, the office manager and they sort of decided that maybe it would be a good idea for me to do, start doing professional exams that would lead to financial advice or wealth management eventually. It was a strange one at the time because whenever I had done the degrees that I had done, I really expected that I wouldn't have to do any more learning after that. And I know people will always say, you always have to keep learning and I do agree with that, but I just didn't think it would be traditional brick and mortar learning like a university. But so... The, these exams were online at your own pace and it was a level four diploma. So that would be, I think, a master's degree is a level seven um, and it was a level four. So although you could consider it to be not as demanding as a, a master's degree or, a, or an or a undergraduate degree, even at that, it was still in a way a big turning point because after going so far with with the education that I was sort of turning back on myself to get a diploma, which I could have done in the very beginning, which would eventually lead me to where I am now. So over a space of a year, I've done four, five, six, seven exams. I don't know exactly how many I've done. I would have to count them. Just back to back, four weeks at a time. It wasn't a particularly enjoyable part of life because it was so stressful because I was working full time as well. So it wasn't easy. And at that point then, whenever I qualified, I qualified with a, a diploma in financial planning which basically is the minimum requirement for you to be able to provide financial advice um, to people. That being said, whenever you have the qualification, that doesn't mean you can just walk out the door and start giving people financial advice. You have to get licensed and you have to be checked out by the Financial Conduct Authority to make sure that you're fit and property to do that sort of job. Because of the way St. James's Police work, which is the parent company of our firm, there's a, there's a lot of background work that goes into that. It's not just a matter of they give you the go-ahead. It's a long process of really drawing down into you as a person and, and what you can do and things like that so you can really get a license to do that. That process, I think, I started in the first the first week of January 2018, uh, 2017, or 2018, 2018. So in January 2018 and come April of 2019, I was fully qualified and um, I was starting the process then in September of 2019 to do this. And so it took from September last year to January this year 
for that process to be completed and, and eventually then they appointed me as a representative of the company, which was a great achievement in, in its own self because the amount of work that goes into it and, and the background involved is it's massive, massive amount. You've done so much learning from your A-levels to now to get there and I think I think that shows how dedicated that you really are to, to get that position. Of course, and the thing being is, even though I'm at that stage now, then there's there's more levels to complete, there's more exams to do, and it's more, you can consider what I do slightly similar to a chartered accountant because they have to do a certain number of exams to become chartered. They can be an accountant or they can be a chartered accountant, which is a higher level. Um, and I'm, I'm in the process now of, of becoming a chartered financial planner and I have three exams left or three and a half, four exams, whatever it is, left to get that which will probably be with, within the next couple of years, I would say. Um, it's not particularly needed right now, but at the, at the same time, it's still another um, spot on the side of your name that, that shows reliable and whatever. So that's really how I come to where I am now. And although it's been a windy road, it was so worth it because whenever I find, I speak to people who are doing degrees in England or Scotland or even the Republic, when they come back home, they always think that they have to go somewhere else. That there's there's nothing here for them and my main point about being here is you have to really try and just get yourself out there and, and the jobs do come the jobs are there you just you just have to look for them and local business is completely different the logging on the indeed.com and searching for jobs oh it really is <laughs> really is. local business solicitors accountants lawyers financial services anything of that sort even estate agents you would know, always text some some sort of personal touch may be a recommendation by a friend or putting your letter on a door or a CV on a door and, and just hope. But I think it's important that people know that you have to drill down and really think, number one, where are the jobs? Are they here? If they're not here, then realistically speaking, you can't be here. Or number two, what else is there that you can do? And I think it's a strange way to be, but I always find that I knew if I get myself into a good position here in, in the hometown, that I would be happier than being living in London or living in Dublin, and which is exactly what I am. I'm much happier here, and I think it's important that people really explore the option before they decide to go elsewhere. Belfast isn't far away, but at the same time, it depends what your situation is. If you're deciding to commute there, if you're going to live up there, or again, there might be local businesses up there, or companies like Citibank or Danske Bank or Deloitte or PwC that, that people will take in the finance sector or the legal sector or whatever. I always think that it's important that the people who get the good skills or the people who have skills try and stay home because it just makes the city better. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> 100%. And I think even the amount of firms and companies that are now arriving here over the last couple of years has given people a chance to actually stay here. Um, Fantry, for one, they're employing a lot of people here and they're, they're a great company. They seem excellent to work for, like Alchemy, all, all these sorts of firms that are that are bringing the skills and keeping them here instead of opening up shop in Belfast or Donegal or whatever. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that now. And I think it's an important thing for people to consider in their own career paths what's going on around them as opposed to what's happening outside of the city. But that's dependent on your personal circumstance. And if, if you really want to stay home or if you want to go home, that being said, I don't know in the future will that, will that take me away i don't think so I'm not planning on it because i'm very happy where i am but you don't know i think it's important that people always observe what's happening around them instead of really just getting into the sort of place where they just don't think that it's going to work out you know what i mean 
No, absolutely. And for anyone who is considering a career in finance, what does a day-to-day work day look like for you? Um, for, well, for me, I'm a, I'm a financial planner. So again, as I said, it's a bit different to working in um, a bigger firm. Usually a big company would have a big segregation of the roles. So for example, if you look at the, the big four companies like PwC and Deloitte or Davey, they separate the roles quite religiously and the specific things. Um, whereas a day-to-day, well, a day-to-day day, if you want to say for me, would be a range of loads of different things. It could be anything from taking phone calls from clients, dealing with client requests. Um, it could be doing back office administration, like know your client or uh, anti-money laundering stuff. And then that goes all the way up to actually giving financial advice, meeting clients, understanding their lives and what they're trying to do with their, with their financial objectives and really drawing down into how we can help them. Of course, something that I do should say is as a representative of St. James's Plus, we only give financial advice on their products and services. Um, so they, they're, they're the stuff that they provide, that's what we give advice on. The job is so varied day to day because you can be dealing with someone who has a really strange request one day for someone who has a really straightforward request or a need that we can provide a solution for in a, in a, in a sense. But the thing that I like about my day-to-day is, number one, the, the people that I work with, we get on like a house on fire because we are small, we're quite tight, but we have a big enough office where we have our own space. And it's it's interesting because whenever you're in a small local business, especially in law or finance, you, you get a lot more exposure to things that you probably wouldn't get in a bigger company of how, how companies run, their businesses run, um, which is really interesting, especially if you're someone who has ambition to maybe go out on your own in the future or, or become like a managing director or, or a, at the top of a company, it's always a great thing to know. It's a good place to start. And that's where a lot of people learn their craft. For anyone who, you know, maybe does want to do accountancy, who's in school or financial planning or any other form of finance, what advice would you give them now, you know, going forward to picking the university courses and, you know, as a graduate, you know, choosing a job that's right for them? few different things. Number one would be whatever you have an inkling of doing or what you decide to do, It's um, I think it's important to know where you want to do it for one because if you want to be a ballerina or if you want to be something that's out there, then you have to be realistic and understand are the jobs where you want them to be or are you going to have to chase a job and, and move somewhere just for that job whenever you don't really want to be there? Well, I don't understand the point of that. Number two is whenever you're deciding on finance stuff, if you want to be, if you want to get into something like financial planning, you don't actually need to go to university. I went to university in a sense because that's the route I was going, and I, I ended up coming back to financial planning. But you you can always go and and do the the same qualifications that I've done when you're eighteen or nineteen and get into financial planning. Then that's that's another way to do it, and that leads on to the fact that. Whenever you're picking these things, it's so important that you really understand what it is that you're going to be doing when you're done. If you do a degree in law, do you want to be a, a, law, a solicitor? Do you, do you want to do that or do you want to get into some sort of legal work? It's easy to look at the big picture of the d- degree you're doing and instead of looking at the far end and really thinking, what am I really going to be doing after this? Because if you don't understand that, then that's that's why people, after they do degrees, find themselves slightly lost and they don't understand what their degree can really be applied to so in a finance sense accountancy finance itself and economics are always great places to start because they're the skills that you learn can be applied to lots of different things and it, it can take you as far as you want to go it's a foundation you're always going to have to learn something else after that 
it's not just going to take you there straight away. In reality, it's know exactly what you want to do and how it's going to work for you whenever you do it. And where is an important place as well, because if you have to move away and you don't necessarily want to, then it can have a big effect. Definitely, I agree, because I just feel like there's there's so many people who jump into a degree because they feel like I'm going to get a job at the end of this, but they don't actually really think it through of how they're going to get there after they finish the degree either. You're definitely right, but I think in a sense, whenever people do sort of, I don't want to say generic degrees, but whenever people do degrees that they open up a lot of doors, then you can sort of find yourself a bit anxious and go like, what what can I really do with this? And one of the ones that I've done that has been really up there with that is like uh, business management, because when people do business management degrees, you learn so much, HR, corporate finance, all that sort of stuff. But then it's really hard to pan down, what am I going to do with it now? At the same time, doing something like that really gives you great skills, but it's hard to know how to apply it. And that's why whenever I listened to Una's videos a couple of weeks ago, that it really got hard with me because you just don't know what you're getting into sometimes. And I think it's important that you be shown the way. It's a tough one now because I think you just have to really, whatever skills you get, it's important that you just go out there. If you try one thing and it doesn't work, Try something else. Just keep trying until you find something that you like. Because if you just keep going, then it's not it's not going to stop you. But if you let it stop you, then you're 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 stopped. You can't fail until you give up. Really, that's the way I see it. That's really good advice. Thank you so much for coming on today and chatting. I feel like I've learned so much about finance. And well done for all the work and you know, all the learning that you're still doing to better yourself. Thank you. I appreciate that. Still young yet though. Plenty, plenty of to do. Absolutely. Every day is a school day. <laughs> that's correct (laughs) Oren thank you so much no problem Vanessa I appreciate it thanks for having me thank you bye bye bye